Hello, and welcome to The Artist Pivot, a weekly conversation with artists about their current pivot, past pivots, and every pivot in between. I am your host, Ayana Major Bay, an actress who wants to educate, empower, and celebrate artists so they have no option but to thrive. On this episode, I am joined by Broadway and West End actress and now recording artist, Marisha Wallace. She is from North Carolina, lived in New York City for some time, and moved to London when the opportunity presented itself. She was in the original Broadway cast of Aladdin and Something Rotten, appeared as Effie White in Dreamgirls on the West End, and also originated the role of Becky in Waitress on the West End. She is signed to Decca Records and is now set to release her new album entitled Tomorrow on November 27th. We discuss how her first pivot of having vocal surgery before college actually set her on the path she was supposed to be on. How redirection may come in the costume of failure, but you have to trust your journey. And how once diversity becomes commonplace and not a trend, Black artists, especially Black women artists, will be seen for all they really are. Here's our conversation. Miss Marisha Wallace. (laughs) Girl, how are you? I'm amazing. I'm excellent because... You know, even in all this bad craziness, there's still some like spots of amazing hope and dreams are still coming true in spite of everything. So it's I feel great. Mm-hmm. I know you do, girl. I've been on your Instagram. Y'all know this is my sister friend, Marisha. <laughs> so I'm getting the tea before she even puts it on the Instagram. Yes, Sis, you are part of the hope and, and, and the light that's out there. You've been doing it in this quarantine. What have you been up to? Well, I have been, well, when I first stopped, I was on my first UK headline tour of like my own music and stuff. And I was on this tour and I was so excited. I've been playing it for a year. It was something that I had wanted to do for a long time. And then the coronavirus hit like two days before our last two stops. Mm -hmm. And I was home and I had the coronavirus. (laughs) I was sick for three weeks. Yeah. The whole cast of waitress had it. Sarah Brellis had it. Gavin had it. We all had it. Um, And I was just home, like, feeling helpless and sick and scared. And I was like, what can I do when I feel that way? And it's music. That's all that I turned to. So I started recording in my house. I recorded um, a gospel version of Annie in my living room. And now it's taken on this whole new life. It um, it just has become the official song of the U.S. Open 2020. Um, it, we did a RuPaul's Drag Race lip sync for your life with RuPaul's Drag Race all-stars um, lip syncing to it. Uh, it it's just And then we have like all these Broadway and West End stars and fans come together and edited the video together. I engineered the project. I produced the project. I did it all myself in my living room. And then all this came from it. So and then now um, I got a record deal from it. So it's just been like everything that I actually wanted to happen in my career happened because of this pandemic and because I Mm -hmm. had time to focus on my dream. I didn't realize how much time I spent helping other people achieve their their dreams that I didn't really have time to focus on what my actual dream was like, okay, it's my dream to be an actor, but 
dream girls isn't my dream that's henry krieger's dream dream girls was his idea you know what i mean but to work mm-hmm. on something that is your own idea and your own dream and something that like i've wanted to be a recording artist since i was 15 but i kind of put that aside and went to musical theater thinking it was the easier route which it was easier than that and now i've come back to it so it's been it's been really great so i'm i'm having a a, a crazy amazing exciting year it's just it's just wild right Right. Well, first, I need to say congratulations, friend. I, You know, I've already said congratulations to you in like text messages and, and yeah. voice memos, y'all. I send her crazy voice memos, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to say it over the microphone on this podcast. Congratulations, sis. Thank you. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, congrats. And really just realizing like that's that's kind of been the theme from some of the other guests that I've had on. It's like, First of all, we're still alive and we're blessed to be here. Yeah. And so now that we are, we have time to, oh, wait a minute. What was my dream? Like, yes, mm-hmm. musical theater or to be on TV or to be on film. But what was my dream what that I'm putting dream. aside? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you have time to work on it. Yeah, you have time because you're not doing eight shows a week and you're not, you know, stretched at both ends. You can just... Imagine if you could put 100% of your time into your actual dream. Like I was putting about 10% of my time into my actual dream and was getting a lot of success. And now I've put 100% and now it's just going, woo, you know, that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes so much sense. So I know that this quarantine and COVID and Every, I mean, everything that's happening right now in the U.S. And well, luckily you're in London. So you guys are having a little bit different experience than we are. Um, but in the U.S., there's so much happening. And as artists, this isn't the first time we've had to pivot in our lives. You know, like, yes, the pandemic is forcing us to pivot. But there are times that we just have to pivot in general in our daily lives, while we're in a show, while we're with a cast, whatever it may be. And so... What would you say were times that you've had to pivot before this? Well, I think my first time I had to pivot was when I was waiting for a show to start. No, the first time I had to pivot, let's go all the way back. The first time I had to pivot Mm -hmm. was when I was auditioning for schools because I was going to do music education and vocal performance. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know that you could be how to be a Broadway person. I didn't know that was like... A thing or like how how to do that. So I was just going to do that to be a music teacher and vocal performance and that's it. And then I found out I had to get vocal surgery the summer before I was supposed to go to school and I didn't get accepted into the music program. So mm-hmm. I had to get surgery. I was uh, on vocal rest for three months. I was told my voice was never going to come back and then it did come back. And then mm-hmm. I had, to, then they were like, well, since you can't do the music, a musical and uh, the music program you can do musical theater and I was like musical theater okay <laughs> that was my first pivot and then you know five years seven years later I've made my Broadway debut and like I've become a western star Broadway star all because of my first pivot the thing that I thought was going to end me and stop me from doing what I love to do actually was the best thing that could ever happen to me. But, it, but because I had to go the other way, that was the actual way I was supposed to be going in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right. So you got redirected in the way you were supposed to go. 
Yeah, I got redirected. But sometimes your redirection feels like failure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. redirection can come in the clothing of failure. And then you have to see that as a costume. And then you take the costume off and you're like, oh, that's what that really is. Oh, that was just pushing me into the right direction. Because what if I had been well? What if I had not had that cyst on my vocal cords? I would have been a music teacher somewhere in North Carolina. Who knows? But because Mm -hmm. of this, I had to go the other way. So I always say nothing is for nothing. And I always say, trust the journey of your life because the journey that you're on the, the things that happen, even the bad things are all leading you towards your purpose if you keep looking for it. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's that was my first pivot. And that was a pretty strong pivot, but it was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we, you know, we do it just as artists. We we have to pivot or we have to change because, you know, for those who don't necessarily know our lifestyle, especially in regional theater, we move around a lot and we meet a lot of people and it's adapting or it's, excuse me, evaluating the situation and then adapting to it. You know, you're working with a whole new group of people every couple of months if you're, if you're blessed to do that. And it's, okay, let me learn these personalities and let me learn this show and do all of that. So we're constantly adapting and pivoting and reevaluating. And that's something that as artists, we innately have. I mean, uh, everything I've done has been a pivot turn this way. Pivot. It's been like a roller coaster. Um, just like job wise. I remember one time I had booked book of Mormon, but there was nine months in between before it started. Mm-hmm. So I had to be a nanny for nine months. So it right. was like, you just never know how it's going to go. You just kind of have to go with it. And then even coming to London, I always, I never, this was never even in my plan. It was never even in my, you know, idea of what I thought I would be doing or where I would be living. London was not even on the radar at all. Um, And then when I got the opportunity to come here to do Dream Girls, that was my pivot. And then I really took the pivot and ran the other way. Like really, because I always thought, oh, I want to be a principal on Broadway and that's it for me. And then I saw mm-hmm. that there was something else out here. There was another place out here for me, a place where mm-hmm. I could be fully myself and do everything. Because I remember in New York, I remember someone saying, I'll never forget. And it's someone very important. They were like, Marisha does too much. She's always doing too much. She can't... Um, focus on one thing. She's always doing too much. And then I found a place where I can do everything, anything that I want, Mm. as much as I want or as little as I want and everything on a very high level and successful, successfully. So sometimes the pivot is good because you need to go where your gifts and what you do is appreciated. And that's kind of where I am now. You're right. You're absolutely right taking the pivot and kind of running with it is what we have to do right now because our industry is shut down and it's, you know, slowly coming, creeping, slowly, slowly creeping back. Um, But what would you say you would like to see change in our industry in the next couple of years? You know, once eventually theater's back and TV and film is fully back and all of that, what's the change you would like to see? The change I would like to see is diversity as commonplace and not as a trend. Like, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to be excited that there is a Black Glenda. Like, that should just be Mm -hmm. commonplace. 
Do you know what I mean? It shouldn't yeah. be a pat on the back for something that you should have done 15 years ago. Like it should mm-hmm. be, you can't get a rewarded for something you should have already done. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when in my, in but that's across the board in music and theater and film and television, like it just needs to diversity across the board, like even size diversity, race diversity, female gender equality. You know, the other thing that I really want is pay equality. That is the mm-hmm. fight that I'm fighting even more than the race one sometimes. But it all stems from racism as well. But like my white female or white male counterparts, we're billed the same. We're doing the same thing. I'm getting a tenth of their pay. Like, what is mm. that? You know what I'm saying? Like, we should right. be paid for what we're worth. And now it's going to be tricky because of COVID. People are going to say, well, we can't afford to pay you that much or we can't afford you. But we can't forget people do still have money. The corporations still have money. And we still keep fighting for what what we're worth. And I hope in the future that we can find more voices as well. I feel like we hear the same voices all the time speaking. But there are mm-hmm. a lot of other voices out there who have something to say. And mm-hmm. it was something that I... When I was negotiating my record contract and I was talking to, because I had a couple of labels who were, you know, who wanted me and it took like a couple of weeks for me to figure that out. And I kept saying, there is no black Adele. There is no black Celine Dion. There is no black. We used to have Whitney. We used to have Mariah. We had Aretha all at the same time. And now it's Mm -hmm. like there only can be one or two and they don't have the mainstream success that they used to have. So for me, I want that to come back. I'm like, the women of color cannot just be Cardi B. Like, the reason why people get so mad at Cardi B is because that she's all that is there. So back Mm -hmm. in the day, we had, you know, we had the ones who did like sexy rap. And then we also had glamour divas and we had singers and we had, you know what I mean? You had a myriad of of representation of women of color. But now mm-hmm. it's it's so one sided. All you see is twerking and and rap. Of course you're gonna get mad, but because that's what I'm saying. Like Cardi B, there is a place for Cardi B, but Cardi B doesn't represent everyone because there is no diversity. Right. It feels like she's everyone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in my yes. hope is that that they give everyone an opportunity. There's all kinds of white women in the entertainment industry, but there's like one or two different kinds of of women of color. And that mm-hmm. it's not okay. We we are three dimensional. We are we love, we laugh, we come in all different sizes. We, you know, it's like our our entertainment industry should reflect our society and its diversity. I think. Yes, one thousand percent, one thousand percent. You hit that right on the head. So it is that we don't have the diversity even when it comes to the women of color in the industry. No, it's just you know one type. So I'm so glad you mentioned Whitney and Mariah and Aretha. And it actually made me think of a conversation I had the other day with someone about how, you know, the late 80s and the 90s, the Black sitcoms that were on that we grew up with and that are now on Netflix. Shout out to Netflix. I just binge watching Moesha the other day. Yeah. But like, that's what we grew up with. And like, why did it disappear? Something happened. I don't know. Something happened in the the noughties, like in the 2000s the late 2000s where it just kind of just died. It was mm-hmm. so crazy. And like and it was all different types of families 
black families. Yes. It's like the ones in the hood, the ones who are affluent, the ones who, you know, like in different parts of the country, like Southern ones. And it was all different kinds. And it, single women and like women who were married, like that's, we don't see any of that now. It's, it's like Mm-mm. a token black friend and that's it. And so I, I really hope that they, that this whole BLM movement, which is not just about police brutality, it's the main focus of it, but it's also about just seeing black people for who they are. It's like, I hate mm-hmm. when people say they don't see color. I'm like, please see my color. I want you to see me and not be scared. I want you to see right. me and be like, wow, okay, this is something beautiful and glorious that I need to amplify. Amplifying my voice, giving me the platform to say what I need to say. And that's mm-hmm. what is going to be the best thing that comes out of this. I, for one, do not think I would have gotten this record deal without Black Lives Matter. I think it definitely helped me. Because I think mm-hmm. the record label saw that there was a hole that needed to be filled. And they were like, wait, right. where are our Black artists on this roster? And I think I'm like one of the only ones, like one mm-hmm. of the only Black female. There's a couple of Black females that they've just acquired recently, but I was a part of that. So this is the movement. Right. We we are the movement, you know? Yeah. And I also feel, and you know, you might feel differently, but it's... There were definitely times that I felt, especially as a Black woman artist, that I was invisible and that I just was the token. Or if I spoke up about something that I didn't feel right, that I would have, you know, gotten fired or gotten labeled as, you know, the angry Black woman or she's hard to work with. But unfortunately, we are in a society and an industry that if, you know, my white female counterparts were to do the same thing, they would listen to her opinion without having to label her. Totally. And I was not always, so I was the one who was always chosen as the token. So that's even almost sometimes worse than not being chosen at all because you're like walking the fine line. The black people are like looking at you kind of mad because they didn't get chosen. And then the white people are looking at you like, you better not step out of line because we gave you an opportunity. It's like, Mm -hmm. so you have like basically two guns to your head and you're walking around on eggshells on both sides and you don't feel like you belong anywhere really and it's like I used it though I was like I knew I was really good at working with white people that was like my superpower I thought and then I realized it was actually that's crazy why do I have to like they're not trying to work with me (laughs) like work around me Mm -hmm. you know what I mean they're just like living their lives as they should they're just right and who they are Why am I having to change the pitch of my voice, not ask for things, never call out because I don't want to be seen as a problem. Even when I'm tired, broken, hurt, I won't call out. Um, If there was like any problems with my wigs or anything like that, it was like, I wouldn't say anything. It, It was just like, you just never, you never felt like, you just felt like, that you were just happy to be there. They're just like, oh, well, you should just be happy you're here. Why would you mm-hmm. talk about anything? And I didn't, and I didn't. I just kind of played the game and I got myself here. And then when all this Black Lives Matter thing happened, I was like, this is crazy. You know, like, what's happening? <laughs> you just have time. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Everyone has had time to think and think about how they were treated and think about what they took and what they shouldn't have 
took. And now that I'm going into this new industry, I, I went into that with that fire of being like, I'm going to take, I'm only going to take what I deserve. I'm only going to take, mm-hmm. and if, if that's not what you can give me, then that's just not for me. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to fight for my spot anymore. I always felt like I was auditioning all the time. I always felt like even once I got the job, I was still auditioning, still trying to keep mm-hmm. keep my place, hold my place. And I was like, but I, I know that I'm good at this. I've been doing this for 15 years. My track record speaks for itself. I know I'm not a, a diva or whatever, or a bad person, because I've been doing this for 15 years. People wouldn't hire you if you weren't like that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. people did, would listen to me. When I did speak after a while, because, you know, you kind of had to build that up, but it's crazy walking around with that and not just being able to be free. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But we, we have been, and I'm glad now that because of the Black Lives Matter movement, I think we all kind of feel like, hey, friends, we've been walking around with this, so let's talk about it mm-hmm. and we're going to let it go. We're, we're not, we're no longer going to walk around with this. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like we were airing all of our problems. And then we also started to see there was problems even in our own community. That was mm-hmm. the other crazy part. Now, that's a pivot because we were like mm-hmm. talking about, OK, society and white people have held us down. But then even internally, we've held ourselves down trying yes. to please them. This mm-hmm. is the thing, like the competitive spirit that has happened in our community where we tear each other down instead of building each other up. It's all Mm -hmm. them because we're fighting for one spot. Mm -hmm. And instead of us coming together and working together to build our own stuff, like there's enough black people with money. We could have had our own theater in New York. Yeah, we could have. We could have had our own producers in New York. Why has that not happened? Do you ever ask yourself that question? Yeah, all the time, actually. I wish I had the money to produce a Broadway show. That's one of my dreams now. Like, I'm put, I've am put, i been putting that out into the universe. And it could be 20 years. Who knows? But I'm like, yeah, I could be a producer on Broadway. Yeah, you could. This could be a thing. And there's people already who have the money to do it. That's the, that's the crazy mm-hmm. part to me. But is it because mm-hmm. we can't get on one accord and we can't stop that competitive spirit that's kind of been embedded in us to fight Mm -hmm. against each other instead of building each other up because there's only one space. That's why everyone's fighting. If there was more space, we wouldn't be fighting for it. We'd be like, oh, you have that one. I'll take this one. You have that one. I'll take that one. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's where, where we are. And I think if society starts to open up and make more space for us, and then I feel like we'll be able to help each other because there'll be that, that competitive thing will be gone. Because there'll be mm-hmm. there'll be more than one big black girl in the show. There'll be like two or three or whatever, or four or five or six. Just like the white girls. There's like seven white girls. How is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> that always makes me laugh. I'm like, you have a brunette, a blonde, a this one, a that one, and this one, but there's only one black girl. That's it. <laughs> right. Right. But it's because that was the status quo. And so we have to we have to dismantle that status quo. We do. It's time for us and it's time for the, but it starts at the top. Like I've done lots of shows and I've done a lot of shows from the very beginning. And I've been in Mm -hmm. all those rooms in the private room where it's before it even gets to AEA, before it gets anywhere. 
And it's the same 15 white men who are coming in to watch the presentation. Mm -hmm. There'll be a couple of women and there'll be no black people. And those are the producers. Now, if there's no diversity there, why do we think there'll be any diversity on stage? Right. It starts at the top. So until Mm -hmm. there's diversity there, because not only that, there are black people who have money to do this, but they won't even let them in the club. Bingo. There it is. There's a club of people who have been doing these shows and doing this stuff for years and they keep the money all in that group of people and they don't want to share it. And they trust those people, which I understand. Like if you're going into business with people, you want some people you trust, mm-hmm. but they're going to have to open the, the gate. They're gatekeepers. This is what I kept telling the record label as well. I was like, you guys are the gatekeepers. You are the ones who have the keys to the gate to let us in or let us out. Mm-hmm. And until they open the gate, it ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. But I think the public outcry is helping because the people that's where when people are paying to come see something and they're like, wait a minute, did we just do all these protests and marches for nothing? And all these casts are still white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. people are going to be held, in, hold, I think it's going to be about holding people accountable now. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. And not being afraid to say something to hold someone accountable. Like, you know, we can go back and talk to our Black friends and colleagues about, well, can you believe this? They didn't do this. They didn't do that. But now it's like, no, no, I'm going to say it to your face. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait a minute. There's no diversity here. There's no diversity on your producing team, your creative team. Okay, no, nah, we got to fix this. Um, and also, like, uh, there was this thing about with the ensemble that was so bold of them to be like, there's no Black people in this, in any of the lead parts in your cast. And call them out. And that was white people mm. who did that. And I was like, mm-hmm. if you're an ally, that's how you do it. Because an right. ally needs to be willing to lose something. Mm-hmm. If you're an ally, you can't be afraid to lose something to win a bigger goal. Right. And Well, because you also know you'll benefit. Yeah. This benefits everybody. It benefits everyone. And also, what do you have to lose? Like, mm-hmm. if you're in a position of power... And you can help someone else. It's only going to come back to you in karma. It's going to come back to you in those people being like, look, I will support you because you supported me. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's so true. And so with that, what would you say right now to artists who are having a hard time pivoting? You know, because you found your way with the music. You were like, OK, music is going to help me get out of this time, out of this rut that I'm in. And, and now look at all the things that have happened. I am fortunately at home around my family and I've been able to reach out and do things and, you know, start this podcast. And but what about artists? And also, disclaimer, not every day is a good day. There are days that I am just like, I'm not doing anything. I'm staying in bed watching Netflix, you know, but the days that I I'm like, OK, motivated, let's do these things. But what would you say to artists who are just really struggling right now to pivot, to find a way to adapt and continue on? I would say, first off, you have to heal. First off, this mm-hmm. is our, what, what's happened is a death. It's a death of mm-hmm. your dream. It's a, it was a death of what you knew before. It's a death of your idea of what success is. So now mm-hmm. you have to mourn the death of that. And that either that is laying on the couch all day, that could be 
burying your head and working something else. That could be just taking a moment to just do self-care. However that looks for you, you have to deal with it first. Then you might feel the power to be able to say, what is the other things that I love to do besides this? And if you can't think of anything right now, do something that is in the same world and has that same feeling, the same feeling that you get from it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like most yeah. times when we sing or perform, it's because we get that that adulation, that feeling of like, oh, I made someone feel better. Or I made someone's day or people cheer for me. But people can cheer for you in many different ways, like mm-hmm. giving back, helping, like whatever other time we have so many gifts like especially theater people we can do so many things and you can teach a theater person to do anything so find Mm -hmm. that thing that makes you that makes you want to get up in the morning and what was making me get up in the morning was the fact that I could record and that I was in charge of my own my own dream like I could create I could do things but there were also days where I felt hopeless and I felt like why is this happening to me? Like, what's going on? And it wasn't until I had to let go of my, you have to let go of your old life to pivot. Because if mm-hmm. you're still looking back at what you had and and off at what you could have done or what you didn't do, you will live mm-hmm. there. But now you have to move forward. That's the thing about a pivot. You got to turn. But if you you can't turn back, you can't look back. You just have to go the other way. And once you start putting all your energy towards that new purpose in your life, then you'll be unstoppable and you'll never know what you could accomplish. And then when the world goes back, you'll still have it. And that's what's the beauty of it, because you could go back to performing and then you'll still have this business or you'll still have this project or you'll still have this book or you'll still have this whatever this thing that you've done. It, no one can take it away from you because you you created it. Mm-hmm. And I think that Ooh, that was beautiful. That's the thing. It's like you gotta you gotta let your old life go. Cause I was so I was like, well, that was my old life. I but was your old life that great? That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Reevaluate that. My old life was great as far as like success goes, but my personal life was a wreck. I didn't get to see any of my friends. I was working uh, crazy hours. I was tired all the time. I felt I was always like at 70% voice, which was good enough. But like at any point I felt like I could have lost my voice or something because of the way, how hard I was working. So Mm -hmm. then I was like, was my life really that great before? So this is my chance to make it better or change, you know? So I think that's, that's what we have to do. We have to just accept that this is the change. This is the pivot. It is what it is. So now we have to just find a way to move forward. And that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. You you wrapped that up in a nice little present with a bow on top. <laughs> that, was, that was perfect. So Miss Wallace, Marisha, my sister friend. Girl, <laughs> thank you. I, you are busy, I know. So this little time I could grab with you, I was like, oh, yes, come <laughs> on, get on the microphone. <laughs> Um, but before I let you go, there is one thing that I must say to you, and that is, I acknowledge you, I celebrate you, and I uplift you. Oh, thank you. I do the same for you, too. Thank you, sis. Thank you so much.
Marisha, thank you so much for sharing. Who knew that vocal surgery would set you on a path to being a Broadway and West End star and now fulfilling your dream of being a recording artist? We really do need to trust the journey of our lives, even when it might not make any sense. It may seem like we're failing, but we are simply being redirected to where we are meant to be heading. Ask yourself, what is the dream you want to focus on? Marisha, thank you again, and thank you for tuning in. I'll speak to you soon.